Welcome back into the program, everybody. Alabama Unfiltered Radio, starting off the second half of the show. I'm Scott Beeson. By the way, Happy New Year to you. Thank you for listening, and thank you for telling people about this show. I think it's different than any other program, not just in the state of Alabama, but I would say across the country. Um, we just talk about the things. I mean, we just try to tell the truth, and we're open to people disagreeing. Certainly. If someone has a different viewpoint, let me know. I don't have any problem reevaluating, trying to restate. I, I don't think this show is boring. Some of the national shows have become painful, painful to listen to. And we appreciate you telling people about this program, helping it to grow. It's because of you, and we do appreciate you so much. But speaking of people who might disagree as we get started, I know that Professor Byron P. Democritus from Contrarian University does not usually agree with us, but he is willing to call in and uh, and state his side of the argument. Professor, welcome to the program. I hope you're well. Uh, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Mr. Beeston, and live sky to you, sir. How are you? Uh-oh. We're doing well, Professor. How are you? Well, I've been listening to you, and you have been preaching to a silent choir. No one has called. And I thought I'd give it to you from the point of view of the extreme liberal juxtaposing view over here underneath, under underground, between the bus station and Auburn. Sir, you are not thinking about it from the other side's point of view. Just to allow you to have your own area would not work out. Your historical belief is what drives your thoughts of what the future is going to be. Do you understand what I mean? Your concepts of the future are an Armageddon in which if we do not all agree with you, we we go, we don't have an eternity and that's the way we end. You, you, are, you, you believe that uh, Israel will be attacked eventually and we will all have to succumb to what you profess are our way of life ends. Does that make it a sense whatsoever? A little bit, Professor, but but you're so much smarter than I am and most of us normal people, so I, I'm still struggling a little bit. But I guess you're saying that, that our beliefs of how things happen at the end is, is going to force your side to, to live under our rules eventually. Yes, or it's going to allow to come into being what your religious beliefs have led to occur with no one on your part. Every time anything might happen in Israel, you think it might be near the end. And (laughs) and that is what we deal with. And only according to your own belief, uh, God would know that, sir. Well, that's true. No, I agree with you on that, Professor. Anyway, I I just thought I'd bring that up. Everyone have a nice day. (laughs) Thank you, Professor. Happy New Year to you. The um, on a on a brighter note, somewhat brighter note. It's not really a brighter note. Why should I even say that? It's just wrong. Um, Sky, did you watch um, did you watch any football over the weekend? <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, it was Scott? it was an up or down weekend. So let's start with the good things. Ole Miss, yeah. Lane Kiffin. Was it Ohio State or Penn State? Which one of the states did they? Uh, Ohio State. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think they handled So them. Ole Miss beats Ohio State. Um, Tennessee beats the the um, 
second place team in the Big Ten, Iowa. Iowa destroyed handily, Iowa thirty-five to nothing. So the SEC is just rolling when it comes to the Big Ten and others. Then Auburn decides to play. Well, well that's Auburn that's went to opinion. a game. Yeah. Yes, they did not decide to play, and I don't, I don't, I don't understand what's wrong in the Plains. I really don't. I'm not an Auburn fan. I'm not a Barner, but I'm not for them. I mean, I'm for them winning their bowl games against people sure. from other places. Absolutely. I mean, Maryland's not really a southern state. I mean, it was, but it's well, they're not in our it's, conference. It's, it's uh, gone. It's gone, and they're not in the SEC. How's that? Thank right. You. And uh, luckily, I didn't have to be for Texas last night since they're not a SEC team yet. I like Sark though. I was yeah, he's interesting. Pulling for Texas. Uh, Were you? Oh, absolutely. I like the uh, I like the quarterback kid for Washington. Even though I was I started in it, I thought I'd be for Texas, and then I was like, mm. I, I couldn't but, even bring myself to watch the first half. I was still. Recovery. So distraught so, yeah, and crying yeah. well, from the, the Bama game. Then Alabama decides kicking, to play. Stuff and, you know, yeah. and we had our predictions from last week. Right. <clears throat> and we put them on the, the big board here in the uh, palatial studios. Uh, Scott, moi, said Bama would win 28 to 13. Correct. I was giving Michigan a touchdown and two field goals. Sky made the prediction of Bama 30 to 23. Three. Yes. Um, who is, let's see. Which I was a lot closer than it sounds, actually. <laughs> there was a way that could have happened. I'm trying to read what this says. What do you look for, Ab's numbers? Because I have them. Well, Ab says Bama 24-21. Correct. Or a Michigan blowout. She said it was going to be very, very close and Bama wins, or Michigan blows out. But this one looks like BDL, BLB, 42-24. Who, who was that? Was that a caller? Yes, that's a, that's a listener caller. Okay, um, that was a listener, 42-24. to 24. So everybody who picked Bama was wrong. Abs picked, well, I think Abs was wrong, too. Well, but Sky, I think you were, you said seven points. You were probably the Closest, and I was the only one that had uh, the over, which was forty six, and uh, the over wound up being forty seven. So I'm, I really, think, so yeah, you that, got that part, yeah. All and right. I, I tell you, I sweated. That some people took me up on that. <laughs> uh, some people I know very. So well. you needed overtime I, to I, win. I really needed. That. Well, I didn't. I don't bet. Uh, mm. I'm an analyst. I'm not a gambler. Um, but a, a lot of people did take me up on it and go bet the over because mm-hmm. I because I sold it so well. And I'll tell you, I was sweating that. Uh, oh, so you needed... I needed it Since you're them. the analyst, you needed them to win based I, I on... I didn't care who won. I just needed the, the total points. You to needed some points 46. to be scored. Yeah. Well, so I'd love to hear from the Auburn family what, what is wrong. I have some theories about what is going on in college football. And, and y'all will have to tell me if I'm right or wrong. I want to say some things that I know are going to insult some folks. I'm not talking about Alabama. I'm not talking about Auburn specifically in some of my commentary. Um, I have this belief that there are not a lot of smart coaches. Explain. Well, <sighs> please. I just believe that a lot of people who end up in coaching are not really intelligent. Now, 
I don't mean to, to besmirch folks. There are smart coaches. Now, remember, coaches go from the high, junior high level to high school level, maybe people that coach uh, even Little League all the way to college level. Uh, and I think the ones who are, are intelligent are the ones who become very, very successful. Nick Saban, I believe, is intelligent. He is smarter than the average coach. Given. I believe that uh, Kirby Smart is intelligent. One of the things that proves... What I'm saying is when you're sitting in your room, your, your, your lounge chair, and you're like, really? We run that? Are you familiar with the Peter Principle? I know. How does the, how does the, is that where you get promoted beyond your uh, you, you abilities? You eventually get promoted to your level of incompetence. Okay? <laughs> and never, really, Scott, you're onto something here, because never does it show up so clearly and so well, except in politics and sports. And in sports. Yes. The, two of the places that, you know, where, where merit should should matter the most, and for some reason it doesn't. Look, and, and, look and at Washington's credit, coach. You got promoted right out of politics. So. <laughs> and they promoted yeah. me. Yeah. 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 It does so not apply at, to you. So. Look at Washington's head coach. Did you okay. see his record? I, I did briefly. Um, go, go ahead. Uh, well, he's coached at, at multiple schools, right. Right. and everywhere he goes... He immediately is very successful. Okay. He seems to be... So I would, I would put him in the intelligent category. Now, I've got a couple of things also to back that up. Think about... Think about this. You, you have the, the Sabans, the Kirby Smarts. You've got the coach of Washington. What, what was his name? De, DeBoer? DeBeer? Clearly ahead of the game, clearly has an understanding for the game, clearly has the ability to get his players to believe in in the process. And then I want to give you, if you've watched high school football games, um, year before last, we had a team that was heavily weighted to a running quarterback. Because you know, I have this idea that if you get classified as dual threat, Hmm. That means you can't throw. <laughs> yeah. and, and people get all bent out of shape. But but when I say can't throw, I mean can't throw consistently. You, you, they, they can throw some games. And a dual threat quarterback that, that is on, his throwing is on that game, can beat anybody. A Anybody. true quarterback that's a dual threat is extremely rare. Right. Uh, and what I want is a passing quarterback who can run when he has to. And you, you have them say that. They're like, well, you know, he's a passing quarterback. But he can beat you with his legs if he needs to. That is different than when they say dual threat or, or a running quarterback. And a dual threat quarterback can win a national championship if lightning strikes. But if you look back historically... Over the college football playoff, I would say that eight or nine times out of ten, the traditional passing quarterback wins the championship. There's a, a few. Um, There's a couple of exceptions. Cam Newton. Um, was he Cam lost in the national championship. No, he won win. one national championship. Did, did, did he lose to Oregon? They won one. They beat Oregon. in. Uh, they beat Oregon in that game. So he got one. The the running guy from uh, Clemson got one. Yeah. The Ohio State guy beat Alabama Deshaun one time. Deshaun Watson, yeah. Um, yep, Deshaun Watson. So that's three of the last. Everybody else, I believe, has been a passing quarterback. I may be wrong when I say seven out of ten times is the passing quarterback. It's rare. 
So you fast forward, you get you get that situation. But we had a, a, a run first quarterback, and two or three of the games that we played, I think two games out of ten or twelve, the other defense said, "You know what? We're just going to put a spy on you, or two spies on you. We're not going to we're not going to try to sack you." We'll just wait till you come to us. We'll just run up and down the line of scrimmage. And when you finally get tired of running around back there, come up here, we'll tackle you. Play containment. And here's what kills me. That's what solidified some of my theory about coaches. Because all you had to do is, I mean, how hard is that? Anybody can figure that out. You just do that. But we played team after team after team after team who tried to sack them, who tried to play normal, who tried to not do a spy. We beat all them. Well, so I'm often like, we had a running you, game, which which complements uh, what a defense who can do. But complements yes. the the passing but, quarterback. But yes, very much. It is very helpful. But eventually, you're going to come up, like you're saying, in a big right. game against a, a battle hardened, very good football team. Yeah, this that is as fast as your running quarterback yeah. is. Then you're in big and trouble. Then right? you're in big trouble. Yeah. So so we knew that was happening. Now here's my other thing about coaches in general. The kid who played quarterback for Washington, what's his name? P- uh, Penix? Penix? Uh, what is his name? I'll have it. Played last night. Oh, what is his name? Penix. 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 There you go. Penix. He's clearly an incredible quarterback, is he not? He's played incredible all year. Why was he at Indiana? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> so the Washington... Coach gets the job at Washington, remembers the kid that he helped coach at Indiana and says, come play for me at Washington. And they're going to play in the national championship. So how many coaches watched this kid in high school and said, eh, because I'll tell you what happens to coaches. You know what happens to them? What's that? Now, this kid might be one of them. I could be wrong, but they're like, oh, no, no. I need the number one quarterback in the country. Blue chip. Really? Five-star. I need a five-star. I got to have a five-star. I got to have the five-star. Oh, Scott, well, I don't know. Okay, well, so think about all the other kids. The Texas coach, I mean, the Texas quarterback, where was he at? Not getting to play. Ohio State? Same thing. Joe Burrows, where was he from not getting to play? Ohio State. I can continue on, but we got to take a break. We'll be back. Welcome back into the program, everybody. All right, look, I got to get it straight because people are like, you don't even know what you're talking about, Scott. <laughs> no, it was Ohio State played Missouri. Right. Missouri right. beat Ohio State. Right. Ole Miss beat Penn State. Correct. The Nifty Lions. <laughs> <laughs> or something. Which which made me think Bama was going to beat Michigan. <laughs> but, the, but the rest of my thought is on, on the what's happening in, in sports, et cetera, the frustrating part, is that you have these quarterbacks who end up being some of the best quarterbacks ever. And how were they all missed? How does the Washington quarterback, how was he at Indiana? Bama didn't want that kid? Uh, Auburn didn't want that kid? Tennessee didn't want that and It's like they get in these these... Oh no no no! It's this. This is the kind of quarterback I need. He needs to be this tall, and he needs to run like the wind. <coughs> okay, great, do it. Maybe do our it. rating systems are flawed. Well, let me ask a question, Scott. Who uh-huh. who does the rating system? Scouts and the scouting uh, companies. The scouting yes. magazines. Yeah. 
that are run it's, it's by business, that are run by people who may or may not know. Well, let me ask you this: How is it that uh, it seems that a bunch of "quote unquote" elite quarterbacks come from wealthy families? Now that's curious. I mean, some of them do because because I see them. I, you know, you see them on TV. Well, they have like, the oh, so to um, you know go to the camps and and have. Oh them, yeah, and, maybe slide a the very slide finest a, tutors. Yeah, slide a ten spot to the uh, person deciding who to write about is the best kid at the camp. Oh, I get you. I'm just asking. I don't know. I'm just asking. And let me ask another question. Is the kid, because these are the kids I, that, I, that I worry about. Is there a kid at a little high school somewhere in rural Alabama that is fantastic, but he has no receivers? Because I, I look at a bunch of this stuff. A bunch of the bunch of the the best quote unquote best QBs in the country have um, four and five star receivers as their receivers. That helps a little. And I've seen the highlight reels. And look, I don't count this as a highlight. You know when they in a ball game, if you if the quarterback throws into triple coverage and the receiver gets it, they go, "Oh my gosh, Scott <laughs> was able Scott was able to thread the needle." Right? Yeah. Right? Because well, the receiver say. went over everybody, caught it one-handed, is the greatest catch in the history of man, and they're like, oh, Scott threaded the needle. It was unbelievable. He put it in the only place that his receiver could catch it. Really? But the, the question is, play, why do you throw it into triple coverage? Somebody's exactly, got to be open around here. That's yeah. exactly right. So I look at these these videos, and these some of these quarterbacks who are the greatest in the country are throwing into double coverage to their five-star guy, and the five-star guy's jumping over the five-seven defensive backs who, uh, you know, are slow. We'll just put it that way. Jump ball, yeah. And you're like, that's a that's an 80-20 ball. Your guy's going to catch it eight out of ten times. That didn't make the quarterback good. That made the receiver good. Scott, but I, I still don't believe. Well, really? Who's the quarterback at uh, the Buffalo Bills? That would be um, Allen, um, whatever his name is. <clears throat> who couldn't get a scholarship. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Had to go to like a junior college and transfer to another place and ended up at Wyoming and now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Really? It's not that that kid didn't go to Bama. That kid couldn't go anywhere. He, he apparently wrote letters begging people to give him a chance. And he's in the NFL. How do you miss him? Josh Allen, yeah. So how does, how does he get missed? How does the kid from Washington end up in Indiana? How, okay, so here's where it gets sticky. Okay. Okay. And I love our quarterback at Alabama. I think he's a great kid. Sure he is. Milrow. Yeah. Is he a great quarterback? Should I answer that? You probably shouldn't out loud. You should just do the head swagging back and forth. Well, no. I, I from the, the very beginning of this season, I've I've stated this. It's it's no big secret. Um I don't think that um and again, a great kid, wonderful attitude, but um, wonderful he, athlete, he, he An unbelievable check, he, he athlete. He cannot check down. At the beginning of the year, he couldn't check down past his uh, secondary, and it, it hasn't improved. I think you're a little wrong. I think he had a tough time checking down on the first. Okay, one. all right, and it and I think we might have made it almost a second this time. And these, maybe these defensive reads often is something you can't teach. Um, uh, very few are born with the Peyton you have a knack or you don't the right. intelligence level to be able to know how the field and immediately read a defense and know what's going to work and what's not 
Uh, right. Milrose is not that guy. He's never going to be that guy. I don't think so either. He's just not. So let me ask this. How is he the starter at Alabama? He's the best we had available. That's exactly right. We are, I say we are, this is, this is Alabama. How is he the best we have available? Again, I'm not knocking him. It's not, nothing against him. I'm glad. I'm glad he stayed devoted to it. I'm glad. And, and you, and I'll tell you another lesson we learned. Is that commentators on football games, all sporting events, are, I think it is part of, and you may know this being a professional broadcaster, <laughs> their, job is, their job is to be very positive. Enthusiastic. Uh, yeah, you got to be enthusiastic. Sure. Everybody's good. Everybody's the greatest. Everybody's the best. Everybody's worked hard. Everybody's that's amazing. It's the clash of the titans. Clash of the and that's even that's even the smallest ball game, bowl game. It's even a game where you know this team's going to win sixty to three, whatever. Yeah. Florida State Your game. Job is to keep it exciting. Keep you it keep it exciting, and it's very positive, and everybody's good, and everybody's, and you're like. And I learned that from even my daughter's experience because I would know what is really happening in the background. And then you'd watch the ball game and they would say, oh, Scottina is just one of the hardest workers. I'm like, oh, I know for a fact she didn't practice in the last three weeks because she's got a bad attitude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's sure. back to, you know, he this player so-and-so is such a good guy. He spends every day at Children's Hospital just um, helping the children. And I'm like, Actually, he just got arrested for, uh, you know, domestic abuse. But, Yikes. no, that's the NFL. My bad. Right. Um, no so, it's just, it's, it's weird. But how, how, how did Alabama get to the place where we didn't have anybody well, that could do that job? In particular, when Alabama could pretty much pick and choose who they want to come to the school. Right. It is, it so so how are we there. missing? We're, we're getting the, quote, unquote, some of the best... Highest ranked quarterbacks in the country, and they don't pan out in college. Curious. Yeah. So, so who's doing the analysis of who's going to be the best at the collegiate level? And I would argue, if your first checkbox is, "Oh, well, he's at least six three, yes, probably is not the way to start. Just asking. Just saying. Maybe somebody has an answer. I'd love to hear it. But Bama should have put that game away with a first down at the end and probably should have scored two, if not three, more touchdowns. Just the way it is. Once they had it rolling, man. Once they adjusted out, it was our game. <sighs> but we totally couldn't do it. Game. Couldn't do it. we got to take a break. We'll be back. <laughs> Welcome back into the program, everybody. Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I'm Scott Beeson. So many questions, so many things to talk about. I had one of our listeners um, send me, uh, he's from North Alabama, talked to him fairly regularly. He sent me a good analysis, um, and I'm glad he agreed with me for the most part. He said it's uh, quarterback development, dude. A good quarterback coach can spot if the kid has potential, and then they develop them. Look at Mullen with Dak Prescott, Kiffin, Sarkeesian. He says Saban's not one of those. He needs an and offensive look, coordinator. Is, is that a knock against Nick Saban? No, no, he's always had the offensive coordinator or quarterbacks coach to take care of that for him. Nick and Saban is a pure defensive-minded coach. Yes. That's his philosophy. And so somehow, whoever's tasked with bringing some of our quarterbacks, you got to think. He said last night, reading the D didn't matter as much. Michigan defensive backs were on Bama wide receivers like White on Rice. Um... 
I would argue that there were plenty of times that our receivers had enough separation, but not enough separation for Milrow. Did you notice how much uh, zone Michigan played? Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, that told me something right there. Well, you they're remember gonna make, at the, one of their it. defensive backs said in one of the little pregame things was, hey, look, we're gonna, we, we have to contain Milrow, keep him in the pocket, and basically make him beat us throwing the ball. Great game plan. They're going to make last Milrow week, beat him. Yep. And last week we said on this show that he hits those guys that are five yards of separation, which our receivers have the ability to do on most people. But against lesser competition, against yeah. lesser competition, they can, and so so now we're back to, hey, um, maybe we're getting, in a, in other big colleges as well, quarterbacks who are throwing to four and five star. There's not many four and five star receivers, okay? And you put a five star six two six three can can touch 11 feet, 11-2 up on a, on a backboard. That's the top of the white square on a backboard. And you put him up against a defensive back that is 5-8, white baseball player. Sorry, y'all can be offended if you want. And he's coming down with the ball. I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. So, jump ball. lots of things out there. And a jump ball... That that defensive back's not winning that jump ball. Not at that height. Nope. So the quarterback gets a receiver. Look, there was another high school team a few years ago, and you and you look at the stats, and you're like, wait a minute, this kid threw for 400 yards like eight times this year. He must be the greatest. And then you go look, and he threw a bunch of out routes, little little screen passes. Oh, and the the to a kid the who's also going to play at Michigan. And that kid catches a two-yard pass and runs it 75 yards for a touchdown. Boy, those stats that's a 70, good, man. A 77-yard <laughs> touchdown pass. pass. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and that really does happen. And you're like, well, well, well that's not that. That's the truth. That is the way it works. So you, ha- you now you're back to asking the question: Who is evaluating the talent? And clearly, Alabama needs somebody else to evaluate talent. Scott Beeson, are you saying so-and-so, the backups not have... I'm saying that there are people who are written down as great high school quarterbacks who can't adapt to the college game. Next level. Because they are used to the advantage of their receivers being unbelievable. We said it. We said it about Bryce Young just the other day. I don't know if Bryce Young is going to make it in the pros or not, but in the pros, the open receiver is is barely outrunning the defensive back. For the most of the time, yeah, the competition level steps up right. tremendously. And if you remember in that game a couple years ago where the two starting receivers for Alabama got hurt, I think it was Mechie and um, Waddle, all of a sudden Bryce Young... Couldn't throw to our receivers, and they and they did this whole. All the commentators did this whole thing about oh, the timing's down, the timing, blah 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 blah. I'm like, same route, man. Same route. route they've been running. You still trying to hit a guy long. running? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you couldn't hit the one that was closer. So I, you know, I'm interested in y'all. Then let me ask you this one. I know we had a caller bring this up. He had to go back to work. The last play of the the game. Bama's three to four yards from the end zone. All the timeouts are called. Everybody's out of timeouts. We're off the field, on the field, off the field, on the field. I figured Milrose running the ball. 
because I'm like, for the love, don't make him try to throw. He'd already missed, you know, he'd thrown those little, basically tossing a potato about three yards to somebody. And I read the article. The Michigan players thought he was going to run the ball. And we ran the ball into, how many people did they have on the line? Pretty much uh, straight up the middle. in the box? Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, and, and so, Michigan's going off. Oh, we knew that was coming. I, I disagree. I think you didn't uh, think it was coming. I, no, I thought no, it was coming. Absolutely not. Uh, I thought, of course, Milrose going to going to handle it. And I believe, I, Scott, I went back after I settled down after a couple of hours. Uh, <laughs> you didn't throw. I anything went back at your TV, and, you? and watched that play a couple of dozen times. Right. Okay. Don't you and think I we should have at least run it out into space? Here's what, with was, here's what was I think, and again, this is just my theory. Uh, this is what I believe was designed to happen. Uh, it was going to be an RPO. If you notice, we had a running back heading out into the flat on the left, uh-huh. left side. We had a tight end that was going to break open yeah. on the left side. When the snap, once again, crummy snap. Okay, how, how did, let me, okay, let me ask I you got, how that happens over and I over. Don't this, know. Is, this, this is, is Alabama. The for the, the, the ages. Was that a freshman? Did someone, was somebody hurt? It's all year long, man. Okay. Milrose picking the ball up or, or, or trying to catch it going by right. him. Okay. Right. I actually proposed a theory to some people for a laugh of it's by design. It's like a counterplay. Okay. It gets the defense a little. Hey, wait, what's going on? Well, we did That's score on one time where it looked like the ball was on the ground. Sometimes it's like an old-time counterplay. Yeah. One, two, go. Yeah. You know? Um, well, maybe, maybe he didn't want Milrow looking very long, and he just wanted him to... On, on this play, ball. again, this is a design, in my opinion, RPO. Okay. Milrow is to take the snap, start to his left. He's got a tight end yep. that, that would have broken yep. over. they got a, they got a corner blitz coming. Yep. Which is in between. But he's way on the outside. Right. And so there's that's a chance. not going to be a problem. It's not going to be okay. a problem. And we've got the running back trailing out there right. also, which gives Milrow, if he goes left, uh-huh. he's got the option to run behind um, a tight end block in the end zone and a running back out in front of him. Or right. he's got the option if somebody breaks open, like the tight end was right. going to, boom, touchdown. Instead, right. crummy snap again, Milrow has a little more trouble than usual picking it up right. and panicked and ran it and he straight just ran up. straight into it. He didn't yep. even see any of it happening. Yep, he he panicked and just took off because he also saw that corner blitz coming. Right, and that didn't help matters. And he just took he, off. He, and that's the problem that with the run first. Yes, too. Yeah, and because because I think the Michigan quarterback gets the same ball off the ground and thinks. I got to throw this joker. Yeah, panic. <laughs> but, not, but not run right up into the wall. Right. And that's exactly, he went to the one place on the field where uh, there was absolutely no hope. Well, you know what also probably made some of that? Remember, it was the drive that we scored on. He almost scored by running, blasting up through the middle, one of his best runs. And I think that was some of, hey, look, if all else fails, I'm going to do the same thing I did last time. Right. And Michigan was like, but Michigan looked like they, they they were going to execute their game plan, which was you will not score on us. If you decide you can throw it to somebody in this situation and you actually can make that. Make the pass. That quick pass, well, then we're beat. You can beat us beat. with your arm, but you ain't going to beat us with your legs. That's right. That's exactly And they right. said they were going to do it. And they did. My goodness gracious. All right, well, we got one more question. That's all there is to it. Got another question. I agree completely. Shouldn't shouldn't be. Shouldn't have. So 
being unprepared on the QB level is a, is a head coach issue. I know that's insulting. People are mad, but we'll be back. Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I'm Scott Beeson. And um, I know people are asking questions or people disagree with me. I get it. Uh, and they're like, well, Scott, I appreciate what you say when it comes to politics and culture, et cetera. And I, sometimes I disagree with you, but you know, you're talking sports and well, then, then y'all just call me and tell me how I'm wrong. Sure. That's the thing. I mean, love, uh, you know, I'd I couldn't remember s- that Ole Miss played Penn State or Ohio State because all the states are the same. I don't. I could have. Uh, it's tough for me to remember Iowa and Iowa State. You know what I'm saying? Right next to each other. It's all the same too. And I mean, you know, but but still, I mean, if somebody will tell me how I'm wrong on these things, they'll call me and tell me how how these high school quarterbacks, how these high school. Now the running back is a little easier. But I always believe in looking at the competition. And what's funny is, Sky, people will tell me I'm wrong about the recruiting process, but they'll tell me I'm right when I say that Florida State wasn't good enough to be in the college football playoff because Florida State plays in a weak league. That's easier to understand. So if, so if your high school recruit kid plays in a weak league, mm-hmm. how do you know how good he is? And one of the things that made me learn this years ago is at my high school, we played a kid from a neighboring school who was unbelievably fast. He was so fast. I mean, it was just off the chart fast. That kid's best offer was uh, Mississippi State. Now, I'm not knocking Mississippi State. I'd love my kid to play at Mississippi State. Sure. But that was his only SEC offer, and he was the fastest kid I had ever seen play against us. And he made play after play after play after play. So my point is, what happens is you may be your kid or this kid or the kid on your local team may be the fastest, best kid ever out of your town. But he still may not be able to play Power 5 football. He still may not be able to play in the SEC. And what I think happens is a bunch of kids, for whatever reason, get to be considered the best and they're really not. They 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 beat up on a bunch of kids who who are not very good, Love not very fast. Yeah. So let's go out to uh, Butterbean from North Alabama. Butterbean, welcome to the program. Thank you for listening. How's it going? Uh, it's another day in paradise, so I, Butterbean. I hear you. Uh, so I I thought I'd add a little bit to your conversation uh, about that game last night. I mean, it was yeah. one on the line of scrimmage, really. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered. And, I, and I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. If you go back to the 2018 year, and you know I'm from Mississippi State, uh-huh. we had the number one defense in the country that year. And, and Clemson was, we were one and two with Clemson in scoring and total defense. Uh-huh. At 13 points a game. And we went into Tuscaloosa. If Mullen had a state, I think we would have won the SEC that year because Joe Moorhead screwed up our offense. But. Our defense was number one. With Jeffrey Simmons in the middle, he's a stud with the Titans. Montez Sweat, you know, pass rushing in. Mm-hmm. We had Willie Gay that won a Super Bowl last year with the Chiefs on that team. And so we really had a stud D. We go into T-Town, and the first two drives, Alabama fumbles, and they don't review the call. And we had recovered, and they scored two touchdowns. You know? Okay. And those were two touchdowns that shouldn't have Okay. Final analysis, they really won the game 10-7. to 7, And we held Tua, who had been lighting up everybody else. 
the 167 right. yards total pass. Right. And then they go play Clemson in the title game, and Clemson destroyed Alabama. Yeah, they get mashed that year. Yep, yep. Yeah, so, so what I'm trying to say is Elite D's, that game last night, I mean, the back end on Michigan's defense was really, really good, but their front end was awesome. I mean, they just dominated a lot of scrimmage, except for the third quarter. Yeah, the third quarter, and, and frankly, even in the fourth quarter, the problem is a regular, a I quote unquote, regular quarterback had more than enough time. And yeah, there were some times where most people were covered. But what would happen is our guy would be open and then he would continue his route and end up not open. And we just missed the windows. And sometimes those windows were giant. But no, I, Michigan I Michigan outplayed Bama. Yeah. yeah, Michigan I, outplayed I, Bama. I, I no that game was really close is that uh, Bama's special teams almost won it for them. And Michigan's yeah, no, special right. teams almost lost it for them. Hey, I got to so take a break. was off the charts good. Butterbean, you're welcome to stay, but we got to take a break. We'll be back. Yeah. 